to the Nerdy FW Podcast. I am Corey Vandersleen, your host, joined again with Jason Kirshner. Hello, all. <laughs> Try and clean up the mess I just made here. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you tried to crack that on cue and all you got was foamy. Yeah, I, I was trying too hard to make that just perfectly on cue, and I just, yeah, I went at that wrong. Um, welcome to episode 15. It is Saturday, December 16th. Um, and we are still riding the high after seeing Star Wars yes. the other day. But uh, I think it's necessary to... Uh, let's roll for spoilers. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's... Let, let's that's that's going to be a no. Let, let's try and stay away from too many spoilers here. I'm, I'm sorry. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. He just did it, and that's awesome. Oh, come on. It's us. <laughs> it is, but jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting that. That's that's totally awesome. You like right. that? So no spoilers, guys. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I say that because it, the timing of this is pretty bad. We're we're, we're recording this two days after the <laughs> official Local. public release, yeah. and. I really don't want to ruin this for everyone. But at the same time, I really want to discuss. So <laughs> I want to try our hardest to not spoil. But discuss. Say something to me. You're staring at me with a face like, puppy dog Like, I don't know how well this is going to work. Although I will say, I have been hunting high and low for a stuffed porg. <laughs> I have a daughter. What can you say? Of course. So, yeah. I, I really thought that those were kind of going to fill like an Ewok-ish role in the movie, but no. They're just... And people are still comparing them to Ewoks. Sorry if you don't know what a porg is. Go look it up. Um, and people are comparing them to Ewoks. And I'm like, no. It's just no. They're not Ewoks, but they are a cute little creature. And well, yeah, we didn't know going yeah. into it what kind of role they were going to fill. And it's just... Some annoyingly cute character from from Luke's Island. Yeah, it's uh, I guess Chewbacca's new little sidekicks now. Oh, if they weren't just okay, if they weren't a menace to the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to phrase that yeah, as delicately as possible without giving spoilers again. Anyway, um, but so, yeah. Overall impression of the movie. For you, how did you come out of the movie feeling about it? For me, I liked it. I really did. It was one of the better ones for me. It there were times when it kind of took jabs at itself, and the writing, without giving away like a whole heck of a lot for what you want to go in expecting to the movie, there was a lot of breaks with the typical Star Wars feel. Yeah, I mean. I, I'll say the same thing about this one that I said about uh, Thor last time, mm -hmm. is that they threw a lot of humor into this movie that I was not expecting. They did. But this time around, where I felt like it kind of went against, you know, the way that Thor was supposed to feel, I felt like it was entirely necessary well, in this, so that it just... It didn't go to that dark place that I I didn't want Star Wars to go to. I felt like this kind of helped it stay away from that. Let me phrase it this way. I, I think the humor actually helped it, and I've heard a lot yes. against it. I really have. I've heard, like, oh, there's too many one-liners. Star Wars isn't supposed to be, you know, they're turning it into Marvel with the writing, with all the campy, you know, one-liner jokes and yeah, everything. Yeah, my, my and buddy like, Nick from work was saying the same thing, that it just it felt like they were wisecracking too much. It, a little bit, but at the other time, it ties in with the fact that they're being cynical with themselves. 
like, oh, I'm trying not to spoil things, but relate this to the actual topic. Basically, Luke, you know Luke's back. Luke is going through some big issues. Oh, yeah. This is and supposed a lot to be of his the humor. Big movie of the franchise. Yeah. A lot of the humor is actually coming from Luke. I mean, a lot of it yeah. is Luke. My, my favorite moment in the movie is when Luke makes a, a small gesture when in a, uh, in a combat scenario that just it, it had the entire theater rolling. I mean, one small gesture that's almost kind of referential to pop culture nowadays, and it's just, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was the absolutely fitting. The entire theater died. Like, we were sitting we were sitting probably in the front four rows, and just the whole theater died when he did it. Yeah, and I felt like the entire theater was in agreement that that moment was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. So I, I, How did you feel about the carryover, though? The, you felt it tied in from Force Awakens? Yeah, I mean, I felt like... They, they they picked up at the very moment that Force Awakens left off. I mean, it tied in seamlessly, perfectly. Uh, I, I feel like you could roll them from back to back, and it would be one amazing movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like Seamless. the time skip like there was with the first trilogy or with the... Um, sorry, I guess I should say original and prequel trilogies with the original trilogies. I feel like it was Rogue One going into A New Hope. They tried to make it minutes apart. They tried to make that transition seamless. And I felt like they yeah. did a good job right there. I feel like it, you could roll it back to back and there would be no discrepancy. There would be no skip. Yeah. Perfect. Like I said, I, I you took away spoilers. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he cut out about two-thirds of my conversation on this movie. Well, I, I, I know that it's probably going to be a week before we let it out, but still, I, I want to give people time to hey, to see it. You rolled. We live by the dice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, it is what it is, but it's just go see the movie. In my opinion, it was really good. It was a bit of a departure, but I think... I kind of think that's what oh, Disney... As much as it is, I kind of think that's what Disney is doing, is Disney is trying to move it away from a departure. And Oh, oh, I guess that's where I can take it. One of the things okay. I absolutely loved and I have loved about the new series, Force Awakens, and now this, The, the, last, the Jedi. last Jedi. I was about to say The Final Jedi. Oops. <laughs> the Last Jedi um, is the whole tone of the battle sequences. It's no longer... It doesn't feel like campy space battle anymore, except for like the one good thing that Star Wars did in the original trilogy was the space battles. Like the actual fighter pilot, you know, spaceship to spaceship yeah, battles were I mean, amazing. They, they did what they had to to make it look as good as they did, and they they did an insurmountable job yes. with what they had at the time. But the the prequel trilogy. That got real campy. Well, yeah, it was super campy. It was super like kung fu movie, high wire stunts and shit like that. Yeah, think about the fight between Yoda and Dooku. (laughs) Yeah. That was as bad as it gets. That was... That was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on steroids with... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Jedi. Yeah. Um... But no, they did a really good job about switching it up and going to a more realistic combat yeah. feel or like They've a realistic humanal. They brought it back to Earth. You can see what I really like is that, especially in one of the battle sequences, you're like, dude, I feel like I'm watching what could easily change up, you know, a few elements, and this could come out of a World War One movie. I mean, it's spot on tactics, strategy, 
what you would expect a little bit of the setting too and you're like this looks like a war film this is like what yeah, you would the, think the same, of uh vein that rogue one was shooting to be like a war film i feel like the, exactly the same the last jedi captured a lot of the same essence as well yeah and rogue one did a very good job for being a pseudo star wars dirty dozen not quite but i'll call it that fair you know it's it gets pretty close to what could be called the star wars dirty dozen and so i mean it it still has a good feel to it i like rogue one i can't wait for the han solo movie um (laughs) i mean everything's been promised and we got no info on that as far as i know but well the what i know is that um wasn't it oh god what was the director's name he was uh from Happy Days, Ron Howard didn't Ron Howard was the one that took over the direction for that, wasn't he? Last I heard, but like I said, it's been a while since I okay, heard. Okay, something of the right movie. But when Ron Howard came in and took the reins over, I heard that he's reshot about eighty percent of the movie. So whatever it was yeah. before, it's something completely different now. Hey, I'm not gonna fault it i like ron howard's cinematography i like the way he does his movies yeah i i I, i'm i'm a fan i like the way he does things but it's just i i'm wondering what it's gonna say about the original content of that movie that he felt like he had to change so much i i I, i'm feeling mixed about his need to change that much of it but i i still haven't heard that much about it so i guess we'll see what we hear from going forward uh, speaking of Disney, though, uh, I guess we can go into this uh, Disney and the Fox thing. Yeah, I, we it was still speculation last time, but as of right now, well, I guess as of the release of the Last Jedi on yeah. that day, the deal went forward. It's through. It's happening. Yeah. So Disney has acquired 21st Century Fox. Yep. Which gives them X Men back, I believe. It gives them X-Men, it gives them Fantastic Four. It lets Marvel have some of those amazing villains back. You know, they've got got the rights to Doctor Doom. They've got the rights to Galactus. Yeah. Now, see, and then I wonder what they're going to do with X-Men, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fox has given us... uh, I don't know what to call it. What have they given us? A... uh, I guess a benchmark, not that great of a benchmark, but they've given us a benchmark. It's been shoddy at best. I mean... Okay, they've given us Wolverine. That's that's the best I can say. They've given us Wolverine. And even before that, they, they failed horribly trying to tell his origin story. Yeah, yeah. And they also were the ones that gave us uh, X-Men 3. I, I The, the, the I horrible know. Dark Phoenix story. Yes, and I understand, speaking of Dark Phoenix, that's the next one that they're putting out and they're doing the they're using the new x-men timeline you know led by mcavoy and them yeah i was about to call the jennifer lawrence timeline because it all pins on mystique in every freaking movie mcavoy yeah um, well they use mystique as the linchpin for everything so (laughs) we'll call it the mystique timeline um but they did they used mystique as like the linchpin for every single one of those movies uh which isn't terrible i guess it it, it would it it would suck you know if she did a horrible job with it but i feel like she's really made that character her own jennifer lawrence oh yeah yeah, i agree with you i I agree it's not a bad linchpin if that's what they want to you know do with the movies with the character yeah 
I mean, that was that was the really disappointing part of X Men Two, though, was Jason. Um, I forget his mutant name now, like the Illusionist or something like that. Is Did they, they give really, him a name? They didn't give him a name in the movie, but as his name in the comic books, I can't remember now. Oh my god, it's a been so Stryker's long. Striker's son. That's 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 all I really. Know. Well, he wasn't Striker's son in the comics, but well, yeah, in the movie he was Striker's son. Yes, but yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he is the one that put Xavier in a wheelchair in the comic books. He's the one that... Not Magneto? No. No, it was him. Like yeah, You know, I don't their, know the comics. <laughs> I know. It was their battle that put, you know, Xavier in a freaking wheelchair in the comics. So that's that was my major turning point. When Fox did that to Jason and, you know, turned Xavier's great rival into, I don't know what to call it, a weird invalid dude. <laughs> Still massively powerful in well, his own yeah, right. he just, was massively know, powerful, but... Let, let, let's call him... Uh, let's call him an, an autistic superhero. Okay. That was a long pause. That was... I, well, because I don't know if autism... Because he was controlled by his own power. I would... Was he? Yeah, remember really they made that so stupid bad. serum that they were mind-controlling mutants with out of his spinal fluid? Yeah, but I wouldn't say that that was in that was them controlling him. That was just you know a part of his own biology. You yeah. Know, the same way they in the third movie tried to make a cure out of that one kid's. Uh, oh yeah, the anti mutant mutant. Yeah, it's Which not controlling not... him. It's part of him. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's nitpicking something that is now dead and gone. And thank God. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that was a bit of a rabbit hole. Sorry. Um, no, but I'm excited to see what they do with Dark Phoenix. Um, I know that they've kind of brought it down to earth. Dark Phoenix was once a cosmic force, you know, the equivalent of the Silver Surfer and all that fun stuff. It's interesting you say they brought it down to earth because I've heard that, you know, a good bit of the, uh, the story for Dark Phoenix is going to be told in space. Really? I haven't heard that. That is actually exciting. Yeah. That's um, very exciting. Dark Phoenix. Well, the... Kind of how the new uh, X-Men timeline has been doing is that every film, they've kind of done a time skip for 10 years. So, like, um, uh, the last film was set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. This film is going to be set in, like, 1992, around the area, around the era that the first actual uh, X-Men films were released. Yeah. So, we're getting back to that point in time. And we've got... We, we, we've got established technology in space at this point, so they're going to try and actually put X-Men in space. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That ought to be interesting. Huh. I wonder I wonder how much they're going to try to do and if they're going to try to mimic the old 90s cartoons that we grew up with. Yeah, I don't know what kind of percentage of the story they're going to do, but yeah. I have heard that they're they're toying with that in their uh, in the story because I know when they got to the Phoenix storyline for those old cartoons they did a lot of space stuff sorry I'm actually enjoying this beer oh that looked like an unpleasant face I no, was like it's, what it's good okay <laughs> I, I want to take a little aside while we're distracted here um, this is legal drafts legal holiday legal draft is um, one of Arlington's own breweries it's a, like any like everything else that's going on. They are over on Division Street, yeah. part of the, uh, the rejuvenation of downtown Arlington as of recent, and it's actually one of Arlington's. Actually, sorry, it is Arlington's first production brewery. Yes. 
Yeah, we went to uh, we've been Division to Street. Division Street, yeah. What, what was the name of the one that we actually went to there? That brewery there? Division. Just Division Brewing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's just Division Brewing. We went to that one, and they, they brew small batches and whatnot there, but they actually don't, you know, sell cans or bottles out and whatnot. Yeah, they do kegs. They're a keg basis and a tap house and... They're yeah, basically tap, a, okay, yeah, tap they're house. Basically That's the best a tap, way to they're, they're a tap house, tap room, slash keg business. But Legal Draft is Arlington's first production brewery yeah, actually making actually, stuff that you can buy in the store. I bought this this morning at Specs. Hey, there you go. So I, it's nice to see Arlington <laughs> growing like this. Yes, and they have another one coming. I heard I heard an announcement that there's another one. Oh, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I know. The craft beer has blown up so much that even trying to follow it, I can't follow it. Well, but, we I, I want to try more. I know that last time we had good runs in the podcast, we made it a big deal to try and visit breweries and tap houses Ooh, and whatnot. Actually, yeah, we need to get back into that. Exactly. We do. And um, I feel like Legal Draft is probably a good place to start that back off. They have a tap room that's open hey, Thursday through Sunday. I'm good with hours. that. I will apologize to our audience about the whole craft beer thing. We're recording in the afternoons now. Um, I can't exactly... You've partake. got stuff that yeah. you have to do before the day is over, <laughs> whereas I don't really, and especially I a little since bit of hair of the dog from last night. <laughs> especially since we are recording in your home. You don't have to go anywhere. I have to drive, so <laughs> I don't get to partake. It's good to be king. <laughs> All right, so that covers um, that covers Star Wars, that covers Fox, it covers Disney. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, I had an interesting infographic oh. that I was looking at. That is the new distribution of wealth as far as uh, film companies go, or at least the new media revenue. Um, Are you going to post it? I say we post it. I'll I'll post it later. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have uh, credentials as to who produced this graphic, so it could be a little bit erroneous. But New Disney, after the acquisition, is going to have a media revenue over $70 billion dollars. Okay. Well, doesn't that rival the next biggest company is NBC Universal at just over 30. So they mm. are more than double. What about Netflix and Hulu and all them? I thought that's why they acquired Fox was to Netflix compete. is down at just under 10 billion. And new Fox after this is going to be just over 10 billion. Wow, that's that's actually impressive. That's that's a pretty skewed load, isn't it? Yeah. 70 billion versus the next highest is 30 that's 40 wow yeah and one of the big things that i've been reading about after this deal you know it, the i guess their paperwork is worked out but we still have to see with the way that's skewed whether there's going to be any regulatory roadblocks yeah, and whether this, the fcc you know, monopolization or, or whatnot antitrust laws are going to be involved yeah speaking of the fcc <laughs> net neutrality <laughs> yeah i hear we have uh we may have lost that battle Mm, well did we I, I i've been trying to look for news on that and i don't i have anything that doesn't anything, have anything so i don't political know leanings. i don't know that the votes actually come up i think the first i think the new round of hearings is good has started i think it started on the release date on the uh 15th 14th 14th 15th yeah. i think it started on the 14th the new round of net neutrality discussions we'll call it let's just say that 
both of us will hear flat out both of us are net neutrality positive or yeah for i'm net on the side of net yeah. neutrality i don't want to see anything been done be done to repeal that to hand over control of the internet to the companies yeah which doesn't we are one of the only nations okay the funny part for those of you that don't know how the internet works in countries like great britain south korea um australia other very you know japan other very tech forward companies the internet is a commodity it's not a commodity it's a service it's priced out like yeah. phone deals and whatnot it's priced out like electricity service, you've got you know you've got maybe a package with uh with netflix and different streaming services for like 20 bucks and then you've got your you know social media services you can get you know facebook well, and twitter and whatnot for you know another you know block of money well, no, not even that. That's that's the way we do it. Like we do internet and phone and have all this, and it's done by the providers, and then we get a break on the media they provide. To them, it's a utility. It's the same as their electric bill. The government takes care of the network. The government, you know, nobody controls the speed of the internet. It's all up to the infrastructure, which the government keeps up. So you okay? The, I didn't know what part of the world you're talking about. I'm talking about the part of the world that doesn't have net neutrality, where it is parsed out like this. Oh no, the I'm talking about the part that has net neutrality. Like yeah, I'm South talking Korea. about the I'm talking you're about talking the way about that us. it may become <laughs> to us. If oh yeah, this is where you can't knocked away. Well, I mean, the other part is with net neutrality is that we're allowing companies to control our internet speeds. Our infrastructure is capable of much faster and much heavier internet traffic. And the companies that control it are actually restricting us. Yeah, they'd like to see us pay yeah. more and more and more for that uncontrolled access. Exactly, which, you know, we're against. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So we'd, we'd like to see that knocked back, but there's only... I don't know what much more we can do at this point. I, I mean, I've, I've tried to call my congressman to, you know, be one of the many, many voices of concern against, yeah. but, you know... I think most One people, as long crowd. as their freaking smartphone works, they don't care. You know, it's one of those things where distract the mob and you can take away their freedom sort of thing. But we're, yeah, we're, we're hoping hopefully. to see that not be. Yeah, we're hoping that's not us. <laughs> okay, on a, what's the next lighter note? We got yeah, moving a back to our note. actual topics. Um, <laughs> I had a few corrections from last time. Uh, we stated inaccuracies. Um, First thing, uh, we talked about Bright last time, the uh, the Netflix property. Yeah. Last time we were saying it was going to be a series. It's actually just going to be a movie. It's oh. not a series. Um, another thing we got wrong, uh, said that Idris Elba died, and you were like, no, 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 he's not dead. He absolutely died last time. In the last Pacific Rim, the yeah. first Pacific Rim, he died. He went down with Striker Eureka. He detonated their payload so that Gypsy Danger could have a chance to get into the rift. Okay, so he, he did blew die. himself up. Okay, then how is he in the new movie? He's not. Then why is he His in the trailer? Is. He's not. He's in the trailer. He's not. I swear to God. He is not. All right, I'll look at it again, but I swear so to be God. be part of the corrections next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new segment, corrections. <laughs> okay, yeah. and the last correction I had... Um, we had a small discussion last time about who would be the likely casting for the next Wolverine now that Hugh Jackman is handing oh, up his uh, his uh, blades. Yes. And you threw out Tom Hardy. Yes, I did. Did you I find confirmation? I don't think that would be likely at all. He may have gotten the nod from Hugh Jackman, but he yeah. has already committed himself to another Marvel property. Or who? I'll say Marvel's Sony property. 
he is going to be Venom. That doesn't necessarily... Well... Or, I say Venom, he's going to be the, the, the character that is Brock. Venom, Eddie Brock. Yeah, he's going to be Brock. He, he's That's his casting. He's going to be Venom in the next, you know, movie in that... Uh, I wanted to say Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse mm. but that's a whole completely different. But he's going to be in Sony's, you know, next yeah. Venom movie, his standalone movie. I think... Uh, Sometime 2018, next year. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I I, think I, I that really that's gonna be good. I think it's okay. Gonna be okay, really let me good. let me phrase it this way. He's great for that part. Oh yeah, Tom Hardy is amazing for the Venom part in acting ability, in stature, but. and in fitting the part. Not so much because Eddie Brock's supposed to be like bodybuilder, big guy type, and. Tom Hardy, who is muscular and is, you know, strong dude. I feel like he could absolutely pull that off. I mean, he he made a pretty damn beefy Bane. He did make a beefy Bane. Right? Yeah. Right? But I just... Well, they can do it. They can do it through film tricks. Because isn't... Oh, yeah. They can, they, like, can, they can CGI the hell out of him to make him a, you know, big yeah, beefy dude. I was going to say... And I guess that could be part of the symbiote's powers, too, is to make you him bigger. what they did to Chris Evans, you know, and the... In the scope of oh yeah, Captain, Captain America, America, First Avenger, they made him into a scrawny kid. Yeah, oh, I'm torn because I want him for both. Don't give me this. <laughs> well, and I'm not. I'm not saying that he can't do both. I mean, he's uh, just talking about Bane. He's mm-hmm. jumped from WB over to Marvel slash Sony. You know, doing that. Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't jump on another Marvel property, but I'm wondering if that's going to be prohibitive. If it's I don't know, because it's Marvel, Sony. If Sony's still maintaining Spider-Man, but basically just allowed him into the MCU, and X-Men is going through Fox to Disney, you kind of have to wonder about the politics behind that. Yeah, and and as far as I'm aware, the Venom movie is going to be solely Sony's movie. It's not going to be in a necessary partnership with Marvel, like Spider-Man itself is. It's going to be Sony's own movie. Okay, so this is a Venom standalone, or this is a Venom and Spider-Man? No, this is a genuine Venom standalone movie. Oh. Yes. Okay. There, that, yeah. There's right? the, the speculation. Yeah. This so not work. necessarily Marvel movie-verse right now. Yeah, so, I can so see this actually has nothing to do with the MCU technically. Technically. In the technicality of their canon, this is... Although I can understand why at this point Sony would want to write the movie in a way to where it could be fit in, but it doesn't necessarily. Yes, and that depends if they want to retell the symbiote thing, which, poor Topher. Um, (laughs) Poor Topher. I like Topher from that 70s show. I do. I feel sorry for Topher. There's, There's so many better superhero roles if he wants to go superhero, but I feel sorry for Topher. Well, I I never actually watched Spider Man two all the way through. Although I'm I I think it's most people agree it's probably the better Spider Man of the Tobey Maguire trilogy. I, I don't know personally how you feel, how you feel about that. Uh, Definitely not the third one. That's for sure. Yeah, that one was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. I guess undecided. No, I'd have to just say the first one, just because it was Spider-Man. He was back, and it were blown away. And then, 
It was it was all pretty I'm good at the sorry, time, but looking back, had, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was fun because he was the first remake. After Andrew Garfield, looking back, goodbye, Toby. Toby Maguire was a horrible, horrible Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, at the time it was great, but it's now kinda like, it just doesn't stand up. It's kind of like Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. You look back and you're like, "It's yay, we get to see a teenage Anakin." And then you actually and then it's like, watch. Oh, wait, wait, that's that's supposed to be a teenage Anakin. Yeah, Ugh. you just want to slap him. <laughs> Yeah. It just does not go well. And Topher, I feel sorry for Topher for that movie. I don't know why, but I, I think he would have done better to like... Have a different role or like not have a a secondary role to the movie. Yeah, but then again, I feel like he would have been better as a different hero slash villain or a different, a different character altogether. I think they used him terribly. Well, I think they did it a lot terribly then. <laughs> well, but, yeah. We've got a second shot for Venom here, and I'm excited to learn more about it because I honestly I still don't really know that much about Venom. Do you want well, a quick uh, rundown or no? About I, this? I know, I know oh, about, okay, I'm okay. saying about the movie. Oh, uh, about the project. Yeah, yeah, about this project. But Fair so enough. okay, we talked about Pacific Rim. We touched on it just a minute. Ooh. Uh, last time, one of the things I'll make a correction on. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry for that. I, Little technical difficulty right there. I forgot to turn a little feet off. Um, but, okay, so we're talking about Pacific Rim and how it might have been tying into a whole different uh, monster movie universe. Oh, Completely yeah. wrong about that. I was totally wrong about that. Pacific Rim franchise is trying to have its own universe mm-hmm. where this next movie is not going to be the last film. They want to have a lot more going on. But... I talked about this monster movie universe, which is actually, it's a universal, um, well, franchise that they're calling their dark universe. It was, it got spearheaded by the mummy reboot yeah. with Tom Cruise. It was originally supposed to be, re, uh, started with, um, Dracula untold, but that movie was kind of a flop. As far as I know, the Mummy was kind of a flop. But well, yeah, they haven't I, they haven't gotten a good movie to start it yet. But I think they're well, they're really actually trying to start it with the Mummy there. Well, and the thing is, is that it's now the fate of Dark Universe is up in the air because the director of the Mummy left the project. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy Alex. Uh, oh crap! What's his name? Kurtzman. Kurt. Yeah, Kurtzman. It's a little late to leave the project. I mean, he yeah. came out. Um, he was apparently due. He was apparently the one to oversee the Dark Universe project. And after the Mummy, he said nope and left. Okay, so, so now that's, nobody that's knows what's going on with troubled it. Troubled waters. Yeah, but I mean, it's it was supposed to be the Mummy, like Wolf, you know, a new werewolf movie, Wolfman, new uh, Bride and of Frankenstein. That I never kind of stuff. saw this last Mummy. But evidently, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, was a small cameo character in there, uh, Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Evidently, he's supposed to serve as the backbone of this universe, you know, kind of a, a Nick Fury. Yes. Uh, a, uh, him and his prodigium kind of serve as Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. in this universe. But uh, I, I guess that's pretty murky waters that we're into right here. Yeah. I didn't know that... Uh, this last director got released from that or walked away from it I guess you said two of the producers did too sorry I'm reading the article right now no go for it two of the producers left too uh, Chris Morgan the notable one Uh, but yeah Prodigium was supposed to be the equivalent of S.H.I.E.L.D. the next one out 
um, is supposed to be the Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, set to be by the same guy who did uh, Beauty and the Beast, the recent one, Bill Condon. Really? Yeah. That's a by that's the director a of the recent Beauty and the Beast, Bill Condon. Um, so that's what's going on with the Dark Universe. Now, see, I would have been... I guess that doesn't necessarily kill that. I mean, DC is still trying to put together their universe despite the massive amount of hurdles they've had to overcome with their own filmmaking. Yeah. So I guess it still has a chance, but Um... we'll see. It just kind of seems like a left-field concept to try and build an entire universe out of. Yes, unless you were going to end up doing like the whole Transyl- the major Transylvania angle, which, thanks to kids' movies, has just become cliche and kitschy. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of, when I first heard about it, I was hoping to kind of see like a better version of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yeah, franchise. That's what, that's what I was... I didn't want to go there because I was like, I would really like to see this. Like sort a better of like, version of it, though. Yeah, sort of like definitely a dark league or like very much an anti-hero superhero league. Think the Suicide Squad done right, but with classic monster villains. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, Dracula and Wolfman and the Mummy and all that doing some sort of lame, not necessarily lame, but, you know, some sort of Suicide Squad-esque Taking scenario. on worldly predicaments of a very monstrous nature. Yeah. Um, defending us from aliens in a completely campy, maybe not quite Sharknado Campy in way. a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it can be done in a good way. Yes, but uh, actually along with that, there is a movie coming up, and I'm pretty sure it's Del Toro, that I really want to see, The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. Yes, and if you haven't seen it, you need to look at it, because this is the one I was talking about that I thought was the Creature of the Black Lagoon movie. That That's the movie that I was saying where they have the fish sex. Yes, it's the... F- <laughs> That's the, for some reason that's the that's the the element that my brain is held on to. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but okay, the continue. movie that I want continue. to see is now known as the Fish Sex movie. That's continue? fantastic. No, I mean I'm pretty sure it's Del Toro, but it just looks it yeah. looks really cool, and I really want to see it. And it it looks like Del Toro because it has a very big um, Hellboy vibe. Like the the scenery and the look of it, it looks very much like Hellboy. Isn't the 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 actor that's playing the role of the fish person the same actor that Who did, did the uh, aquatic aquatic dude from Hellboy? I think so. I think it's the same guy in the prosthetics. Yeah, who is a very famous I, yeah, creature I don't know actor him. who. I heard I don't of him once. His name. I don't and know I, what I he can, looks like. I don't know what he looks like personally, but I can sit here and list his movies. Yeah. He did Pan's Labyrinth. He did Hellboys. He did. Yeah, he was the eye creature. He no, he Wasn't was the satyr. He was all of it. He was all the creatures in Pan's Labyrinth. The satyr, the eye guy, all of them. That was all the same dude. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, um, kind of like the guy that was Darth Maul was actually Toad was also Toad in the original X Men movie. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, and Andy Serkis, and just those guys that do a lot of very much digital and behind the scenes work. Where you don't know it's them on film. Yeah. There's another guy who wouldn't even know his face unless, you know, just knew him as an actual guy, Andy Serkis. Yes. He's, I think he's only shown his face, his real face in like two movies. Um, I think I've only seen his face because I've seen the behind the scenes stuff. From Lord of the Rings. For like Lord of the Rings and Planet of the Apes and whatnot. (laughs) 
I've seen them, you know, trying to do the mocap for Caesar or mm-hmm. the uh, what are they calling it nowadays? It's not. It's more than mocap. It's uh, uh, e- <sighs> express a cap or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because they're getting, more, they're, they're getting more than just, you know, the movements of his body. Yeah. You know, they're getting all of the emotion in his face and whatnot. Mm. It's Emoticap still, or whatever. Emoticap. It's still mocap. I know I'm saying the wrong thing here. Anyway. Just, I'll, I'll have that in the corrections for next time. Yeah, that is going to be a segment now. <laughs> what we fucked up. Yeah. Here's what we fucked up last time. <laughs> At least we admit it, people. Um... So that's what's going on with the dark universe and monster movies. And it's, I think it's really hard now though, to do a good vampire movie. Thank you, Twilight. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been so played out and done not well. Well, it's done to death and it's really, we've spent so long making vampires, dark heroes. Vampires are so last year. Yeah, really? Um, I just think it'd be really hard to make a good, to make another vampire movie really well. And honestly, the best one that I've ever seen is still Dracula, Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves and all that. And I know it's old. It's still one of the better. Yeah. It's still one of the better Draculas, if not the best Dracula, you know? And it's, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's amazing. It actually keeps, um, keeps pretty close to Stoker and it's just, it's a good movie. Um, actually, while we're in that, let's go ahead and switch to the next Harry Potter movie coming out since we're in, you know, mythical creatures and all. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Have you picked up your LeakyCon tickets yet? Oh, yeah. Mike and I got tickets for LeakyCon. I haven't. <laughs> I, I forgot about that for a while. I need to get back on. It's, hopefully there's still tickets. Your SOL. I'm fucked. Your SOL, man. Really? Yeah, they, we got some of the last tickets for Friday. Those were the only tickets available were Friday tickets. Everything else is sold out. Well, because I told you this is a once a year. Not once a year. This location. Is, yeah, it's not going to be in Dallas again probably ever. I feel I know. really upset now. I <laughs> fucked it up. I fucked it up. Like we got ours last and we were we were really slow on the ball. We thought they were completely sold out. And Micah actually managed to find some for that Friday. So the Friday, like August 18th of next year, we have tickets. Damn, to go man. see Leaky Con, and they cost us a pretty good, pretty pretty penny. <laughs> I mean, pretty but bad. it's well, not ter- not as bad as the VIP ones, which were like four hundred dollar tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four hundred dollar experience tickets, but they weren't you know the cheapest things in the world. They were still sixty seventy bucks. Damn it, man. Yeah. Well, you can you can try. I can say you can try, but. The, okay, I'm going to try. It's a long shot. I'm, I'm going to try before the day is over. <laughs> there you go. Um, so as far as the new Harry Potter movie, you have a few reveals um, that they've come out with. They've given you know actors to Newt's brother. Uh, Newt's brother actually comes out as the head of the Auror office, which you heard about him in the last movie being a... Um, being a famous Auror and a war hero. I and they didn't get into that at all, though. They they mentioned him in passing because that's how the United States, that's how the Makusa, <laughs> the Amer- I can't tell if that was a burping cheer or if that was just an awkward release. That, that, that little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but the Makusa, Sorry? the American governing body, um, 
that's how they knew the name uh, Scamander was from his brother, who was some sort of war hero, which you don't really know what war. You're kind of assuming World War One, kind of assuming World War Two. Um, or it could be just you well, know, no, it had to be World War One because magic in, war. Yeah, you don't, don't know if it's really a magic know war. Much about the history of you know a little bit. Magic. Well, that's the funny part. Rowling and Pottermore has only released history of the schools. You don't really know a lot of magical history outside of their laws and like when they quote, oh, this was made at the convention of such and such and that kind of stuff. So there's still a lot they could just, you know, oh, God, yeah. create out of thin air. There is. There is. There's a lot that they can do to expand it. And uh, everybody knows Johnny Depp is Grindelwald. At this point. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp is Gilbert Grindelwald. And, and that's, that's, that's staying. They're not doing anything to get rid of him because of his accusations. Yeah. Um, Jude Law is young Dumbledore. Jude Law is young Dumbledore. Jude Law is young Dumbledore. Interesting casting. Have you seen the picture yet? No, no. Oh, I didn't, okay, I, I have didn't to pass this, this over. They have a cast picture, which I'm staring at. Far, far right, or far left for you is Jude Law is young Dumbledore. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and then look across. Is that to, Ezra Miller right there? Yeah, Ezra Miller's there. Now look across to Gel to Grindelwald, Johnny Depp's character. Yeah. And now remember in the books, Dumbledore's supposedly gay, and so is Grindelwald, and they supposedly had a fling or some well, sort least, of thing as teenagers. At least according to Rowling. Yeah. Post post um, yeah. post manuscript claim is gay. Post manuscript, but I mean, I can see it, and at the same time, I'm okay with it. It's just... I don't want to make any judgments uh, based on their stance right there. No. <laughs> wow. It's like, yeah, they pose them very gay. <laughs> Your words. Your words. <laughs> anyway. I no, said I'm making no judgments. They don't look like that. I'm just saying from the way that they've designed those characters, it's one of those things where it's going to be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's very interesting. They did not make young Dumbledore as eccentric as you would think he would be. Especially because in the sixth book, he's described as wearing a plum velvet suit. Like plum well, purple. I mean, maybe know. in the elder years of his headmaster, he just decided, he's like, I'm an old man. I don't give a fuck. I, you know, let them say I'm seen Well, no, I mean, in the sixth, that's when he's visiting Voldemort's orphanage. That's his memories of which, which would have been post- this this is before then yeah that would have been majorly post Grindelwald because that would have had to been oh wow Voldemort would have had to be in the 50s or 60s to be like 40 or whatever he was by the 90s which is when the series ended and he died finally Mm. so I mean he he would have been about 50 55 technically see and then wizarding timeline is really funky because they live to be like 200 300 years old even in Rowling's timeline is that true? Yeah. Like, Dumbledore was, what, 160-something? I don't know if it was actually ever said. Well, I mean, no, it wasn't technically ever said, but if you do some of the math and some of the hints that were dropped, Dumbledore was around was around 100 years old or older. Mm, I'll take your A word good for it. bit older. Because he had to have been born to be... If they come of age at 17, to do everything he needed to do even after Hogwarts and like the way he looks in this movie, 
that's still 1920. That's no, they'd be in the 1930s. He'd be at least a 30 year old man. So from there okay. to the 90s is another 60 years. So he's at least 90 or 100, I guess, by the time he dies. And he's pretty spry for an old man. And they don't expect him to die anytime soon, I guess. It just yeah. it just gave Rowling gave me the feel that wizards live a decently a decent amount longer than normal humans. Which and I could see it. I just yeah. you know she's I, not the only one that does it. They I don't mean, expressly say that, so Yeah. I'll take your word for it. She's not the only one that does it. I mean Jim Butcher does it with the Dresden files and God, I I wanna see them remake that show because the first run was terrible, but what? I don't. I've never seen the Dresden Files. <laughs> I I saw one episode of it after I started reading the novels, and it was pretty. It was yeah. It wasn't that great. Okay. <laughs> I, I I sorry. I switched into you know literature and <laughs> I switched into actual books and stuff. I'd, I'd agree with you if I could, bit. but yeah. Well, if anybody you know, I guess well. Well, actually, let's let's use that as a segue. Then I'm going to use that as a segue. So you got me onto something um earlier this week you told me about something you wanted to discuss if i can find it back i'm sorry for weird air altered carbon oh altered Altered carbon yeah this is where good sorry i'm skipping that and going to altered carbon um which i didn't know what it was so i actually had to look it up and it's a cyberpunk novel is the source material and it got me thinking you know i've read steampunk i've read fantasy i've read sci-fi but i have never ever read a cyberpunk novel or something I would classify as cyberpunk. You know? I've I'm never read sure that, that type of novel. Really. I mean, I've read well, a lot of mangas and stuff, but... Yeah, but I mean, you've read material. To me, it's just like, oh, it's a cyborg and he's in the middle of a different science fiction universe. I've never read a complete, like, cyberpunk-themed or cyberpunk, what I would consider a cyberpunk genre material. I've just never done it. I don't know how in the world I've missed it, but it just hasn't occurred, I guess. I don't know. I feel like, you know, your 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 go-to genre has been more the classical fantasy where mine has been kind of the sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, well, I mean, your bread and butter is, you know, to put it mildly, Ghost in the Shell, Halo. Yeah. You know, and yes, mine does lean a little bit the other way, but I enjoy a good... I enjoy Star Wars. I enjoy Star Trek. I mean, I enjoy sci-fi. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's not you know in your wheelhouse. I'm yeah, it's not your your. It's not my go-to. go-to. I'm just surprised that I've never read anything like it. And so I was looking this up, and I honestly am considering picking up this book, just to give cyberpunk like a legitimate shot before the movie or whatever comes out. And uh, this was all brought to my attention, you know, seeing trailers for this Netflix series, which is supposed to come out in February this next year. Um, yeah, altered carbon world in which you know you can, uh, you can you can do body swaps. You get to an old age, you can transfer your consciousness into a new body. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a cyborg thing or if it's you know a full organic, uh, just you know transfer of thoughts and memories. Hmm. Interesting. I, I I I didn't go back to do the research and the source material like you did. I've just seen a couple of trailers, but. Evidently, this one guy, this really powerful, this really rich figure that has lived a long life through multiple bodies, has been murdered, and uh, upon, well, I guess resurrection in a uh, in a new body, he has a uh, a murder investigation into himself. 
Mm-hmm. That that's that's kind of the long and short that I've gotten to it. Interesting. But just the visuals that I've seen in the trailer just look so fantastic. It looks. It reminds this... me of um, what. I'm trying to look, and is this the one? I think I saw this, and is it? It's Ryan Reynolds. Um. No. No, what's the one with Ryan Reynolds that looked like this? You're no. throwing me for a loop. There was a Ryan Reynolds movie that looked similar to... Ooh, James Purfoy, though. Sorry, I, I switched over to IMDb to get a better idea of what's going on with this. Um, interesting. Yeah. That's I'm not sorry, I feel completely <laughs> derailed right now. <laughs> I was looking sorry. for something, and I got my, my, my train of thought is just no, kind of um, broken. That's, that's my fault. I, I threw something out going, is this what I think it is? And then it's not, and it's like, okay... That's interesting. Sorry. When you have, you know, as many sources of media and as much access to stuff as we do nowadays, sometimes we get a little lost in what's what trying to remember. It's like, did I see that? Did I not see that? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember what I saw in the trailer. Who is, is supposed to be the lead character? Now, I don't think it was Ryan Reynolds. No, it wasn't. It's This is the Netflix show, and that was some movie... That was some movie thing with Ryan Reynolds where he came back and had to like investigate his own death or they made him young again and it's way back. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that movie also had a, it, almost the same kind of a plot. It was yeah. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, uh, there we go. Ben Kingsley got put into a younger body and there was something up with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. I hadn't even made that connection, but it seems like it's the exact same kind of a thing. Yeah. It's just less kind of a steampunk feel to it. Yeah, that's what I was that's that's where my train of thought was. I'm just okay. all the visuals from the trailer remind me so much of Blade Runner. That would be really cool. I mean, I guess Blade Runner is as close to cyberpunk as I've ever gotten, even movie wise. I'm just saying, so, like, you know, the, the, the look of the cityscape. Yeah, it yeah. just feels, you know, kind of that mix of, you know, gritty downtown with a very Asian infusion to it. So somewhere between Blade Runner and Fifth Element? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. It just, you know, it, it kind of has that sort of, that, mm -hmm. that Asian uh, L.A. fusion. Yes. With all the grit in there. But yeah, who was the? Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the going to be the title character in there. In the altered carbon. Altered carbon. Oh. I was looking for that at the same time that I was looking for my <laughs> reference there. It got me messed up. It's like we we just we just got ourselves lost and confused. It's okay, everyone. Um, oh, I guess the new Pokemon thing. We didn't talk about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and the Ultra Evolutions. Um, that's not even on my radar. As, as, as big on Pokemon as I used to be, mm -hmm. I just, I, 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 I want to wait for a completely new entry into the series. I mean, yeah, I don't really do the secondaries very much. I mean, I well, wait I for mean, a new set. When I kind of picked it up again with uh, X and Y, mm -hmm. you know, that was a new entry that I really liked and then did Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I never played the original Ruby and Sapphire, so it felt like a new game for me. Yeah. But they just released Sun and Moon mm -hmm. this last year. Why well, are they already trying to do a, a, a... Because they put all the legendaries in it. Yeah, but they can just make a new game. You would think so. But apparently they wanted to pack all the legendaries in. And so they packed all the legendaries into Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Like that's supposed to make people happy. I don't know. That's, that's basically the only difference I can find is they have a new ultra mode or ultra evolution and then they have 
all the legendaries stacked into the game. So, 75% the old game with, you know, 25% new content, new feel. I wouldn't even call it that. I'd call it, like, 90%, 10%. So, I'm feeling <laughs> 10% of a reason to invest in something that that's not enough for me. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would much rather see a completely new game in a completely new place. And, and I'll wait for that. Yeah. It's... God, there are my... I was so upset last night. I, uh, I was at my company Christmas party slash 90th anniversary party last night, and I uh, they're doing a a, uh, a ticket drawing for prizes, and I put all of my tickets in on a Nintendo Switch, and my boss got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was upset. Yeah, I'm still looking into getting one. I mean, I'm still on the fence and looking into getting one because I want... There are certain capabilities that have been promised to come out for them that the ones currently don't have yet. So I'm kind of holding off and going, okay, supposedly they're on, they're going to get like the capability to do all the DS games and a couple other little things. And I'm like, all right, when they get that, then I'll invest. It's still, it's still hard to find them. A switch. Yeah. Mm, really? I thought they were like all over the place. I don't know. I haven't like shopped for them other than Amazon and stuff. I feel, I, I feel like pretty much everywhere you try and go right now, they're, mm, they're gone. They're sold that's out. Interesting. They're, they're back ordered. Wow. I know the uh, retro systems are up to like 250 bucks on Amazon and eBay and shit. Yeah. But I think, really you know, sucks. Nintendo's doing that whole supply-demand thing, keep a really high demand and a small supply. Yeah. I, I don't think they could do anything else going up against Sony and Xbox now, though. I mean, I think they kind of, you know, put it out for your core gamers and don't really worry about flooding the market with systems that may or may not be bought. I think it's more being cautious on money. Yeah, they 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 can't fight with these other games that have such yeah. big market share. These other these other the other systems, companies yeah. that I think I think Nintendo's market so share many more is audiences. Just, yeah, I think the market share for Nintendo's just gone down so much that it might actually be a smart business decision. Like, hey, we're only going to put out a little bit at a time. It'll keep demand kind of high, but it also won't, you know, flood flood the market with systems that are just being returned or sold off again or just floating around will actually have people using and playing our systems yeah but a little bit of hype for it yeah i wouldn't mind it i was excited for breath of the wild which i still haven't gotten to play so the hype is still real for you i know yeah and <laughs> since last time I've, I've come a little bit more around i'm i'd still am waiting for that thing that's gonna turn me completely into wanting to have the switch as of last night, if I could have gotten it for free, I absolutely would have been on board with that. It's the it's the prize I most went for, but yeah, damn it. Yeah. I uh I could be turned. <laughs> Alright, so last but not least in I think what we're gonna go through is what Corey's been waiting to get to this entire podcast. I've still got a few things here. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. I was gonna but, uh, let you go ahead and go to battle. That go oh, is that what's up next year? I was that's that's what's on my list. What else you got? Uh, more things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. One of the things that popped up on my radar that I put on Jason's radar is this uh, this property that's been trying to be made for a long time based on a manga that I'm very familiar with, um, Alita Battle Angel, based on the manga Battle Angel Alita, and um, basically. It's this junker finds this uh, 
scrap cyborg girl in a uh, in a trash heap and uh, reassembles her in a I guess it's a battle body and you know just tries to have her as, a, as an assistant and she gets into all sorts of you know zany things more associated with uh, her ability to control the body and be a real fantastic fighter and you know this whole free spirit fighter kind of emerges from within interesting i think have you you've watched the trailer right yeah absolutely yeah the trailer's trying to have some dark backstory with her too but i've never never and read there the is manga. some sort of you know dark backstory that's hidden in the mind of this girl that they can't really access just yet a past that yeah. she is kind of unaware of but uh but yeah, they're, hey. they're they're injecting a few more dark tones into the the, the movie, movie, as well as a uh, romance as well. well. I don't necessarily know about the romance, but the rest of it looks good. It seems like what there I've was seen, a male interest for her. Uh, what I've seen of the trailer looks interesting, looks good, and I'm on board with giving it a shot. I mean, it looks. I don't want to say it looks like Chappie, um, because it doesn't. I, there's slightly similar art style, but it's definitely there's a more Japanese skew to it with the yeah. big eyes and everything. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just the way the I'm talking more like the cinematography and the way the environments feel and everything like that looks very you know kind sort of, of halfway post-apocalyptic. Yeah, and Chappie, they definitely had kind of the uh, a really junk feeling to Johannesburg. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and I I could see the uh, the parallel there because this is literally a movie that comes out of a junk heap. Yeah, yes, it is. I don't even remember who that filmmaker is now. Oh, uh, put me on the spot. Why District don't you? Nine, yeah, District Nine and Chappie and all that. And as much Neil as Longcamp, yeah, there we go. Thank you. I was like Neil. I even knew it was Neil something. Um, no, and as. He likes putting things in Johannesburg. He does. He I does. mean, that's been I the think, setting for two of his big movies. I think that's, you know, that's what he knows and that's where he stays. And to me, it's like none of this stuff would realistically happen in Johannesburg. And even the movie he did with uh, Matt Damon. Um, Elysium? Yeah. Elysium. Yeah, Elysium was set in something similar to Johannesburg. It was in a future L.A. that had, again, become a trash heap. Yeah, he does He does that junk style a lot. Right? <laughs> it's like, there's a pattern here. So, yeah, if you have any movie that looks like there's, you know, kind of a predominant role or a predominant setting in a trash heap, your first inclination is like, oh, was this associated with anything by Neil Blomkamp? Yeah. No, not in this case. Okay. Um, so what else is on your list? Because I've run out after Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. and uh, I, I, That's pretty much all the information I have on yeah. Alita Battle Angel at this point. I, I think that there's not a release date for it yet. Um, if I thought there was, I would have written it down. But, you know, maybe sometime this next year. Maybe as late as 2019. But I think it's... It, sometime soon. I mean, they're, they've got trailers for it, so that means that's got to mean it's coming up soon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dece- uh, July, July twentieth. Oh, sorry, I just awesome. found it as I, I was that. scrolling. I just found it as I was scrolling. That was lucky. July twentieth, twenty eighteen. Nice. So yeah, <laughs> coming up soon. There you I'm go. Not really bad. Looking forward to that. Yeah, along with Pacific Rim two, and 
that's kind of an interesting shift. We've never really had that paradigm shift where, I mean, I know Marvel's a big thing, and I think, I don't know if it's like indie or a lot of the small-time filmmakers are really looking to um, a lot more outside sources. I mean, we had, what was it? A uh, lot more independent stories. Well, not just that, but a lot more... Um, Non-franchises? Yeah, that's well. They're, they're still technically non-mainstream. Uh, yeah, non-mainstream, non-American is the best way to put it. Okay, they're looking for like a lot more international influence. What was the one? City of a Thousand Planets. Um, oh, oh yeah. God bless it. I just lost this stupid thing. I remember the subtitle, City of a Thousand Planets. What was? Yeah, the I forget the title, title, but it was by it was that French. same director of. Uh, uh, yeah, it was by Luc Besson. Yeah, and it's a French sci-fi film where you don't, you know, in America we don't see a lot of Vicarian. Valkyrie or was it Valkyrian? Vicarian. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Vicarian City of a Thousand Planets. And it was one of those things where it was, you know, it was French sci-fi. And you don't see that a lot in America. Like, we don't really get to see... The most we have is Doctor Who, for crying out loud. Is that... That's not French. No, it's British. Yeah. But, I mean... French. As far as foreign sci-fi, that's where I'm getting... I'm getting we're getting a lot more foreign sci-fi into American mainstream and into independent filmmaking. And yeah. I think it's good. I think it's refreshing. As much as I love Marvel and I love our comics and our own sort of, you know, mythos of uh, science fiction fantasy writing, I want to see stuff that's from other places. I want to see influences from, you know, other parts of Europe, from Asia come over, from, you know wherever else we can get yeah we've definitely gotten kind of inbred in our own tastes yeah i mean and i i think that's kind of funny because i think our tastes are kind of become global now which is really weird to me um i don't know i just i'd like to see some other cultures take a stab at what they think sci-fi would be and kind of see where it goes from there i think it would be very interesting to see that and I think that you know, Vicarian and I think that Pacific Rim and I think people starting to bring over more of the Japanese styles and stuff like that is actually going to help our cinema I'm gene sorry, pool. not Vicarian, Valerian. I've Valerian. been trying to look that up for the past minute or so. <laughs> Val- I was going to say Vicarian? <laughs> Valerian, City of a Thousand Plants. But I basically I'm saying that I think that's going to help our cinematic gene pool for more or less is to have those other influences in it to strengthen us. And to strengthen the way that we make art and the way that we respect art pretty much as a global community in our little niche of it. Yeah. We, <laughs> the last thing I need to see is a French rom-com. It, it's a <laughs> long time since we, we we need to come out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people have issues with that where, I mean, Pacific Rim, I think Pacific Rim is still kind of niche. I think people loved it and people enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's still definitely a monster film. Yeah, well, not just that, but I think it was like, oh, what am I, cult. There we go, cult. I think Pacific Rim is in the same league with um, like the Fifth Element right now, where it's considered, hey, it's these guys. It's this little cult fan base. It's not really mainstream. It's not really this. It's... Yeah, I didn't want to believe that before, but the more I've asked other people about it, I've kind of learned that, you know, we may be a little bit more on our own than we initially thought. Yeah. Having such a huge love for it well yeah i've but actually ran a lot of people at work and they're like oh did that movie i was like what do you mean that movie pacific rim is awesome yeah evidently we don't a lot of people don't share that same viewpoint well and 
Okay, without, which kind of establishes the cult following. Yes, and I understand that. And without getting on too much of a soapbox about our education system, a lot of that is also behind the fact that we've become so comfortable with some of the technologies we have that I don't think people are educated enough to know the backbone of how they work. So seeing some of the sci-fi and movies and stuff, they just don't understand. They're like, oh, that's cool. It's like, no, you don't understand. To get to that point is massively awesome. And to visualize it, even in a fantasy setting, is amazing. To be able to control a, what was it, freaking 10-story robot in a cockpit with basically motion capture, synthetic motion, via we're, we're still speaking at a very <clears throat> fictional level yeah you know via what we don't have cortex. that technology yet yeah but to visualize that to <laughs> even I, I, I was staring at you kind of like i don't know where you're going we don't have the technology to do this yet no that's what we, i'm you know, saying we don't have an appreciation for it because we can't do it what are you where are you going i'm i'm that's what i'm <laughs> saying is that people don't know the backbone of how to get to point a from point b like what the engineering and the tech would take so they're just like oh whatever yeah, they write it off as impossibility, but you know, at one point, a lot of the science fact that we know today might have a lot of that did start out as science fiction. Yeah, cell phones. We we've got to dream it first <laughs> in order to you know try and strive to achieve it. And I just don't think enough people are fascinated by some of the things they see in science fiction films to go, oh wow, we could we could get there, we could do this, we could get to that point. It's just like okay. And then they go on, and it's like... There's not enough people out there that are still trying to reach for the stars. Yeah, I didn't want to say it so sappily. That's that's why I want to do this. That's why I'm trying to sit here and tell these stories, because we are the few that are still trying to boldly go, still trying to reach. We are the few. I like it. (laughs) Uh, This has been an unusually heavy podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. It has been a little bit of an unusually heavy... Po- I'm sorry. I keep looking over your shoulder at Fritz in the same hat. <laughs> He's just staring at me. Yeah, we, and we've, we've talked really about... Trying. We've talked a lot about, you know, cha- trying to change the culture, trying to flip yeah. the script. Well, and, I mean, I uh, think our whole culture right now is in a paradigm shift, but meh. Speaking of paradigm shift. Yes. Um, the, one of the last things that I have on my list here is talking about Jessica Jones premiering in uh march that's right um it's it's there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening with jessica jones this next season that doesn't have anything related to the story okay cool thing that's happening there is that all 13 episodes of this season two are female directed interesting who uh it's it's various directors oh okay that'll be interesting season one had female directors in only one third of its episodes. Okay. And that's compare and contrast with 18% of all other television shows being created today in existence today being directed by women. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones is, you know, really putting at strong female foot forward, you know, trying to show yeah. that, you know, women are a force to be reckoned with in the industry. Yes. And on that, I guess on a side note, I don't understand why that's seen for some people as a novelty, I guess. Because for me, it's like, yeah, it you shouldn't... have a female lead. Why don't you have a female director? 
Yeah, I because mean, it's this not, shouldn't be something that is yeah. so progressive. This should this shouldn't be huge news, but unfortunately, it is. Yeah, I'm not not unfortunately for the fact that it's yes. female. It's unfortunate that we're not this progressive already. Yeah, because I mean, you would think and, I'd like to think that we're better than that already, but you know, we're not. Yeah, I'd like to. I'm, I'm liking seeing that. You know, we still have the ability to put good feet forward. Yes, yes, that's definitely part of it, and especially me, in the climate these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, you've asked me not to. I'm being good. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying any more than that. I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, stick a, I'm gonna stick a toe into that water and then pull back out. Yeah. And basically, what I'm gonna say about it is, I think that if you have a female lead, if you have a female hero, or anything like that, I think it should be a female director. I mean, just. I don't think it even has anything that has to be. It doesn't have to be because there is a female lead. I mean, there there no, should be more I think it's female directors be, out there. I think that too. I just think that you know it's in this specific case, it's a good vehicle for it. Yes, and in this specific case, with this specific character, with Jessica Jones specifically, yes, I think you need female directors simply because she is very heavy on modern or female. Oh yeah, I see. I see where you're going there. Intensive it, issues. It's a very girl power role. Yes, I don't think a man could do it justice simply okay. because we don't have the same point of view. We don't have the same sensibilities when it comes going. to the issues of the character. Sorry, I wasn't communicating that well. No, no, no. I was, I was trying. I was, uh-huh. I was getting ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. absolutely agree. You know, it's, it's, you know, a, a lot of her issues do stem from her gender, and yeah. you know, it's in one way or another. It. it we just we just can't get behind that mindset because, you know, we don't have, we don't to have those it. life experiences. We don't have those same socioeconomic perspectives. Yeah, I mean, it's, so I'm I'm glad to see that the entirety of this season is going to be put from the right mind frame. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. I'm I'm looking at it from the art perspective, not necessarily from, you know, yeah. female empowerment perspective. Sorry, I I agree with you. We should already be there, and so for me, the focus on is well. To do the best art and to do the best by this character or this story, this is the way I think it should be. And I, I could be wrong. I mean, there could be a guy out there that understands women, I guess, a hundred times better than me that could, you know, direct this just fine. But yeah, but from my point of view, I well, think we've got this good be. women here that are fully capable. Let's let them. Yeah. It's like they should be doing it then. Or, that sounded so horrible. Let's let them. It's entirely up to us. No, get out there, do it. This is your moment. This is your power. Yes. Step up. Okay. Um. God. Okay. Well, I mean, I want to get away from that. I want to get away from feeling like a dick. Just think about porgs. Actually, I've got a I've got a request for you before we uh oh, okay. before we leave. Um, you. At one point, we had those uh, those cool packages that Chelsea set up for us. The the, the nerd loot boxes, crate. yeah, the loot crate boxes. Loot crate boxes. You said that in yours, you got a uh, the Ready Player One book novel. Do you need to borrow it? I I I don't remember ever getting that, and if I did really? ever get it, I lost it immediately. It's on my bookshelf. I, I mean, I've read it already. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to borrow that from you. All right, I'll get it and to you. Preparation for the movie. For the movie, and by the way, Ready Player One does still look amazing. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, the I mean, it's a Spielberg. It's straight out of the '80s, and I love seeing so much of. You know, the modern gaming revolution that has come since then being present in there. Have you seen all the cameos? 
No, I haven't. I've I saw what was the big one I saw? Iron Giant, I think. I, I went through the trailer and stopped it about two million times to try and uh, get <laughs> through all, all the cameos. cameos. And these, these are the ones that I've come up with. I've got Tracer from Overwatch. Okay. Uh, Chun-Li. Okay. Laura Croft. Wow. The Gundams. Yeah. Uh, Chucky. You know, like Bride of Chucky. Yeah, I was going to say little, little freaky yeah, doll. Chucky. Horror, okay. Chucky. Uh, Joker. Harley Quinn. Deathstroke. Okay. Blanca. Okay. Battletoads. <laughs> the battle the battle toads are in there wow uh, ninja turtles okay ryu wait the good ninja turtles i you can't i couldn't tell okay it just i saw something in a large you know charging wave of characters that look turtle like okay i'm guessing they're the ninja turtles hopefully the good turtles and as you said iron giant yeah that's what i've been able to pick out okay interesting interesting i'll have to go rewatch the trailer but you know, you have a bunch of you know new characters that have been added since the '80s. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think Master Chief's gonna be in there? I don't know if they can get the rights. It'd be awesome. I would absolutely <laughs> love it. They've, it seems already like they've broken a lot of walls in in terms of properties that they've been able yeah. to get in there. That'd be cool to see. <laughs> but uh, a note to leave on: if uh, if you could get into the world of uh, Ready Player One, I forget what they call the world. Oh no! It's yeah, that gaming environment they exist. Oh, in. Um, Elysium or I think it is Elysium. Yeah. Um, what character would you bring? What would be your avatar? What would be your avatar? <laughs> wow, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I so, feel like I know what yours would be, but I'm still asking the question. What my avatar would be? Yeah. Okay. Well, we have to narrow this down. Okay, what would be your avatar other than a customizable avatar? Yeah, I'm saying because you, could, you can't if do. If you could pick something from a character select screen, yeah, not, not design your own character, not what design would you pick? your own shepherd or design your own whatever. Um, yeah, you know what mine would be. Yeah, Link, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would totally pick Link, but and no, I, knowing me, am I equally as transparent? Uh, nowadays, I'd probably say Master Chief. No, actually, really. Who would you pick? I'd go with Proto Man. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I was, I was wondering. I was like, should I go from when we were younger? Because that leaves it up to Sonic or Proto Man. It's Proto Man. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So see, we're classics at heart. <laughs> we are classics at heart. But uh, yeah, a question I'd like to leave to all of you, fair listeners that we still have. <laughs> yeah. uh, drop us a line telling us what uh, what character you would bring into the ready player one universe indeed this ought to be interesting yeah all right ladies and gents this has been the nerd dfw podcast i am Corey vandersleen i am jason kirshner uh you can are you still on twitter do you do you check up with twitter not really okay you i thought you were on our twitter yeah i'm on our twitter i'm saying you personally oh no no. <laughs> no. Okay, you can find him on Facebook. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we have our Twitter at NerdDFW. We have our Facebook. Yes. We have our email, NerdDFW at gmail.com. Indeed. Anywhere you want to try and... Uh, get a hold of us. Get a yeah. hold of us. Leave us any feedback. We would be... We'd be very happy to hear from you. Actually, yeah, that's please, one thing we've never please. asked for. We're going to ask, yeah, let's start asking for feedback. After go this to last... iTunes, go to whatever you can. Find us, give us some feedback, tell us how we're doing. Yeah, um, um, good point. Yeah, 
leave us a line on iTunes if you can. Um, if there's a better medium that we could reach you on, like you know Stitcher or something, I like to try and get this out on Stitcher. Yeah. If there's a better place that you would like to find us, let us know. I want to try and make it happen. Just not Twitch. We're ugly people. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it means we don't really play video games. Oh, on 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 Twitch. Yes, on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I've got a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> but uh, that's where I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> that's where it's gonna stop right there. Thank you, friends and followers, for listening to us again. We'll catch you next time. All right, see you in a month. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.